0: Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it is such a pleasure to be here today, as always. And. Before we invite on our guest for today's show, because we're going to have an incredible show talking about optimism and positive mindset and games-based training for both adults and dogs, and yes, it does apply to both of us, what we're going to do first is we're just going to take this moment to presence ourselves and be here in this moment. So whatever you're doing, let's just take this opportunity to stop and pause and breathe. It's when we take these moments to simply pause that we can feel into our bodies and acknowledge how we've landed in this moment. We can feel into where we are emotionally and mentally. And when we understand how we have landed in this moment, we regain something very precious, which is our power, our power of choice. Will we choose to continue to feel the way that we are feeling? Will we continue to choose to have the thoughts that we are having or will we choose another path? So just breathe into your body, acknowledging where you are without judgment. And are you on a trajectory towards optimism or are you on a trajectory towards pessimism? Is your mindset leading you to the vision that you want to have for your life or is it taking you back perhaps to something in the past that is no longer resonant. So take another deep breath in and out and know that in this moment, you have the choice. And so whenever you're ready, you can make your way back and be with us today so that we can invite in this most amazing guest who is in breeze, optimism (laughs) and a positive mindset, Uh, Today's guest is Lauren Langman. Now, what I love about Lauren, there's so many different things, that she was once a former lawyer turned teacher, but now she is a creative innovator and dog trainer extraordinaire. She's a co-owner of multiple hugely successful and revolutionary dog businesses, Devon Dogs, Absolute Dogs, and AOK9. And Lauren co hosts the number one dog training podcast in the UK, Sexier Than a Squirrel, which is a phenomenal name. I love it. <laughs> if you have a dog, you know that this is a great name for a, a podcast. And she is an extremely successful agility competitor, winning at Crufts and Olympia. And just for those that are listening in the United States, Crufts is like the Wimbledon of dog agility training. So it's a really big deal. And plus, representing the team Great Britain at the world championship level. And she consults to supercharge businesses development, including the UK police, on how to mac- maximize the effectiveness of their canine unit dogs. She's a prosperous author with four groundbreaking books and revolutionary dog training, and that's already been published. And she is regularly featured in the media. So, as I mentioned, Lauren believes that mindset is everything and optimism is a way of life. So, welcome, welcome, Lauren.
2: Wow, that sounds, literally, you listen to that and you're like, there's so much there, right? Like, there's a lot of fun there and there's a lot of fun to And yeah, no, thank you. That's an amazing, amazing, cool intro.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you hear someone else read your bio, like, damn, did I do all that? Wow, that's freaking awesome.
2: (laughs) You can definitely, you can definitely read all of that. You can hear all of that. And I think all of us can still have those days where we can wobble, right? Like, I can listen to that and then I can still have those days where I'm like, exactly what you just said. Let's ground ourselves. Let's take a minute. Let's take a breath. Let's where well, you might question yourself. And I think even when you're doing great things, we still have those moments where we might doubt what we're doing or we might sort of, and, and, and yet I listen to that and I'm like, no, pat on the back. That's pretty incredible. Like you should be proud of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oftentimes with my clients, I talk about how celebration is so key to really um, re um reworking the network of our uh, the neuro connections in our brain, because when we celebrate, we actually re-strengthen those neuro connections. And we're like, oh yeah, I'm actually doing a really good job. And when we are beating ourselves up or questioning ourselves or riddled with self-doubt, it actually weakens those connections. And um, so I'm curious because, you know, you weren't always this extraordinary dog trainer and you actually started out as a lawyer. And so you were kind of following convention right? And your life and what, you know, society would say is the path towards success. But at some point in time, you started to doubt that that was the path for you.
2: It's, it's really funny. You know, when you have like this huge goal or you set this like direction for yourself and I have not had that many wobbles in my life, but I mean, minor ones, but you know what? Major ones, I had two or three. And one of them was when I realized whilst doing my law degree that I didn't want to be a lawyer.
1: While you're doing the degree.
2: I'm doing the degree. (laughs) I fought forever to get into law school. Like, you know, when you've got a goal, like life feels so good because you've got that purpose and you're driving and you're striving and you've set the goal and you're like pushing and you're hustling. And I remember being like, 15 16 17 18 and knowing exactly what I wanted and I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to be a lawyer not because I understood what a lawyer did really because I'd seen successful lawyers and I'd seen it as a successful profession and I really wanted to be successful I loved the lifestyle that I was looking at and friends whose parents were lawyers and, and my parents weren't lawyers and and, and they're fantastic. My parents are both fantastic. Um, they work really hard and they didn't earn a lot of money when I was, when I was growing up. And so I kind of looked at what I wanted and what I needed. And I thought that's the job I need to do to equal that. And that's where I want to get, I want to have horses and I want to have countryside and I want to have exactly what I'm looking at out the window, actually chickens, walking around the grass. Like I want to have that lifestyle. And for me, it was almost like, right, solicitors, lawyers, they have that lifestyle you know what, I had this major wobble when I was doing my law degree that I hated everything that I was doing. And I didn't want to work in an office. And I didn't want to um, find myself being in a city. And I just didn't know how I'd got there. And yet, when I unraveled it, I could see, but I also really realized I didn't want to do that. Like, that wasn't me, right? I I was living this life. And I'm sure there are many people that have done this and been there and walked this path that I was doing it because of like society's expectation or my expectation or my parents' expectation or the, the path that you're almost placed on. And it's almost what you realize is that path that's laid out in front of you is probably completely the wrong path because it's so obvious that like, you probably shouldn't be on it, right? Like it's so in front of you that it, it it was just the wrong path. And I realized it probably midway through my law degree. I mean, the first year was quite fun because you're at university and everything's quite fun and and you're kind of just not really concentrating, but you're getting through anyway. The second year, you start to work a a little bit harder, I think. And I just realized it wasn't me. It it just wasn't me. And I had to do the degree, right? Like I'm in the middle of it. And society says that you complete degrees, you don't drop out of them. And yet I realized like it was, it didn't feel like it had
1: purpose. Yeah. And so what was giving you purpose?
2: Oh, dogs. Straight away. I love dogs. I was always dog crazy. I was doodling. I mean, animals, I would probably say, Um, even today, like I have huge joy in, um, looking after the chickens, finding where the goats are, looking at the sheep. Like we have um, a really wonderful life here, and that we've created for sure. Um, and and obviously our dogs as well. We have three feral cats, and and that was definitely my purpose. Even then, I was I was all about the dogs. I was all about the animals. I always wanted to be out in the country. I didn't want to live in a city. I didn't want to live in a space where. I didn't have that moment to be able to go outside and just breathe in fresh air and, and know that, um, I, I listen to the cows here. I listen to the sheep here. I listen to the the ducks, the birds, the it's just an amazing space to live and breathe. In. And, and, and that was what was my purpose. And even, even back then I'd be in my Lord sort of, classrooms and um, lecture theatres and we'd have this massive it's called the amory building it's Ex- to university which is a great university and i'd be in there and i'd be at the back and i'd be doodling dog agility courses and i'd be doing jumps and tunnels and I, they'd say something about some criminal law case and i'd like like realize i needed to be listening and then i'd be straight back to my tunnels and my doodles and and my drawing and i'd be planning what i was doing the second i got out of there like i i just my mind my, my body my physical body was there my mind was never there like ever there it was always wandering always going it sounds like your heart was like not there like absolutely not. and you know that when your heart's not there you can do something but it feels very different when your heart's not in it
1: and so how do you know like when you feel into like what's you know really right for you I mean you knew pretty early on but how does that feel in your own body to that you're actually in alignment with your heart
2: I think it's magic I think it's you lose all sense of time. Um, you don't, you don't, the to-do lists have gone. Um, you're just at ease with with where you are. And I, I did it this morning. I I keep ref- referencing the chickens. Like the chickens are really great for me. They're like, I, I'm not someone who can sit down and and practice mindfulness or um, look at a candle and, and take myself away from sort of space and time. I'm definitely someone that could feed the fish or could scatter the chickens food and, and watch them and find myself very, very mesmerized in almost a more active um level of 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 losing your mind. Like it for me is amazing. And 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 that for me is how it feels when you're at ease with everything. You're you're taking in the smells, you're absolutely in that present moment, you're not looking at your phone, you're not checking the time, you're not working on who you should be with next or whether you're late for a meeting. To the point that I have been riding across a moorland and realizing I absolutely should be on a podcast somewhere because I've lost all sense of time to the point that I'm like three hours over time. Like I'm not the sort of person that can do that and yet animals take me there.
1: It's beautiful because I like that you're saying this because on this show, we talk a lot about um, meditation or yoga or different spiritual practices, but the show is really about highlighting there's so many different paths to bring us into that flow state and to remember that we are the flow And for you, it's that deep connection to nature that gets you out of your mind and into your heart and in that space where you're just right there in that magical realm where you lose all track of time and you're just fully present, which is incredibly beautiful, which many people will spend hours and hours and decades of their lives trying to do through a meditation practice. But you're able to access that by just immersing yourself in what lights you up.
2: And I I love what you say. And I love that I want to I I always you know when you try and fit in um, I don't know square peg round hole I want to be the person that can go okay there's a there's a candle and, and this is what I do or there's this and this is what I do or I listen to this and I go there I just really struggled with it. Like my mind is very, very busy and I am um, very high energy and I struggle to sit and I struggle to stay still. And I, I'm sure that there's like, there must be something that is in my personality or mindset that, that I'm very, very active. And so for me doing something like that is, I, I recognized it. I was actually in, I was in Costa Rica. I was with my daughter. She was nine at the time, 10 at the time, 10 at the time. And we literally were feeding the fish. And that was probably the first moment where I realized that I'd spent like an hour and a half feeding fish and I just lost lost all sense of time. And I just felt serene. I felt like a, a different, I, I felt a di- like a different person. And I I think the realization that I didn't have to fit the, this is how you must do meditation or this is how you must do mindfulness. And I think there are so many magazines and books and shows and, and so much. And I think sometimes we do try and fit into exactly what society expects or describes and actually finding where you are. I I definitely don't find it easy. And yet the animals definitely take me there.
1: And, you know, here I am, you know, I'm a meditation and yoga teacher and I teach all of these things. And as I progress in my practices and as I progress in, you know, age, I'm realizing the wisdom that comes through is very unique to me. And that one thing doesn't fit Want every single person. And it doesn't even fit me at every stage of my life as well. And what I've been actually finding and you know, what really resonates with what you're saying is that when I come back to these earth-based practices, just putting my feet on the earth, being with nature, being with the animals, there's something really ancient and wise about that that is transcends all the different practices that we could do and can just bring us, it's such an easy way to come back home to ourselves.
2: And I, I can hugely resonate with that. It's not often that in Devon, um, it's really sunny, right? Like it's, it's just not, it, Devon is not the sunniest place. I want to live in a sunny place, Lindsay, but I, I live in Devon and Devon is very green, but it's green for a reason. That's because it rains, right? Like it rains a lot. <laughs> I, um, I have a, uh, we we happen to have a, a lovely Pilates instructor because there, there actually isn't, there isn't really anyone I know in this area for yoga and I love yoga, but I, I there isn't an instructor that I'm aware of close to us. And, I do like to be in person where I can, because I think, again, that just helps me to stay present sometimes and where, where I can. Uh, And so she came this morning actually, and it's a really warm day and we were upstairs and I just said, You know what? Let's go outside. Like we don't normally go outside because we just don't live in the place to go outside. And yeah, it was such a beautiful day. And we've got like glass balustrade at the back of the house. We've just renovated and and built an old, what changed not barn to a really beautiful, beautiful space. And then we were out the back and you could hear the birds and the chickens were wandering on the lawn and the trees are rustling and the trees are massive, like, huge, powerful trees. And I've only just started to really clock the, like, energy in a tree. Like, I, I didn't pick that up for a long time. And I look up there and they're hundreds of years old. Like, they are beautiful trees. And that moment for me is like, it's it's – there is nothing like it. Like, I enjoy that moment more than I, – I can't even describe, like, how – powerful that moment is and and I'm a dog trainer like this is not what I do for a living this is definitely not something I'm really aware of and yet I find myself in these moments and I'm like wow that's it like that that sets your whole week year like life up when you when you find moments like that and you, and you take yourself back there again and again like I, I can take myself back to that moment the sun's coming up we're talking things she's got a beautiful energy so I love I love being around people that have got good energy and she's got great energy I'm mm-hmm. very energetic aware of of like those energies like I, I really enjoy her energy and I look around and it's green and the trees and the chickens and the noises and the um, sheep that you can hear and it's spring and oh there's nothing better.
1: Yeah and I love all of this because it's what we're really honing in on is what I'm hearing is that there's many different paths that we can take to really follow our heart and that's what this show is about is like how can we stay in alignment with our heart and follow that. And even if it means going against convention and the status quo and um, even what we're hearing, we should be doing. And I'd like to pick back up on this thread, but we are up to our first break in the show. It goes by so fast. So if you are listening to this show and you really love women thriving unapologetically and all the guests that we have on the show, we are looking for supporters of the show and sponsorship and can look a lot of different ways but if you really want to support the women and the, the growth of this show then definitely reach out to me at thrivingunapologetically at com, and we can talk about how you can be a supporter of the show and we'll be right back after this short break Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the backburners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay.
1: Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are having an amazing conversation with Laura Langman from Absolute Dogs and Devon Dogs and Uh, Lauren does so many things, but we've been having this incredible conversation about how we just stay aligned with our heart and understanding that when we stay in align with our heart, it might not always look like what everyone else is doing. And that's perfectly okay. And Lauren, I'd really, well, let me tell you that this might come as a shock to you, but I'm not a dog person, (laughs) but I fell in love with someone who is, which made me fall in love with her dog. And then we got another dog. Um, so I've been really amazed at just watching her and her her connection to her dogs and just learning and seeing the beautiful relationship that's there. And the way that I actually uh, came across you is through my partner, Laura, because she had to have a hip resurfacing uh, during COVID because she's an athlete and has wear and tear on her hip. And But our um, dog, Maisie, was highly reactive, like really like... Cray, cray on the leash because she just gets so excited to see people. And, but we knew that during rehabilitation, she that couldn't happen because it could re injure Laura and be really dangerous for her and her rehabilitation. And so she started, she found your sexier than the squirrel podcast. Yeah. And, and that, that was the rabbit hole. Like she fell into that and like it was so helpful for her. And then she's taken your absolute dogs training and become a certified dog trainer. And I've just been seeing and, um, the changes in how she is based and also in the dogs as well. But I got to listen to you and Tom and how positive you are and just these pot, cause we had hired some, another dog trainer who didn't use positive reinforcement and um, gains based training. It was really did, just did not feel good in our bodies at all to, to use those t- tactics. And so finding you and listening to you I was like wow you know I'm a also a coach and I'm like she's using a lot of the same things that we use for humans (laughs) and how important this is and I feel like you're not just training the dogs but you're training the humans
2: absolutely I, I think that it's funny I had a great coach when I was growing up um he was called Michael and um I definitely outgrew my coach I think to a degree but but like 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I first started, I remember he said to me, and I think it was fantastic coaching advice. He said, Lauren, the thing that's going to get you a long way in this is not to love the dogs. He said, loving the dogs, of course, it's good. Really importantly, uh, here you need to learn to love the people. And he said, the cool thing is, I don't even think you need to learn because I actually think you already love people. And he said, that's where you'll be a cut above the rest in what you do loving the people is allow is allowing you to get to the dogs right and if you don't love the people then you'll never have the conversation with the dog and I think that's so true that if you if you can work with people or if you can enjoy people or if you can relate to people or get people on board it doesn't really matter what your business is or what your like journey is I think being able to relate to people or get people to relate to what you're talking about I think is it's a it's definitely definitely a technique in 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 coaching right like It's that relatability or that um, person. You just want that personal touch, that personal feeling or that feeling that you can work together in some way.
1: So when you're working, I mean, what's the biggest challenge that you've had with working with people?
2: Oh, so many. Probably limited beliefs so people who have limited beliefs. i can't do this because or we can't do this because or this dog can't do this because they're this breed or i can't do this because i'm disabled or i'm too old for this or i'm too too heavy for this or um my husband won't allow me and um, this or like those limited beliefs those beliefs that stop us and actually the more we repeat them the worse they get um and actually i mean my mom said the other day to me well lauren the thing is you can't have it all and i'm like well why not like who says you can't have it all like That's no rule, like, or or maybe that I had this a long time ago. I've stopped this now. I've got better at it. But I had this sort of feeling that everything was going so right, something had to go wrong because everything was going right. Like it's those sort of limited beliefs and those patterns of behaviour that you find yourself falling into and saying again and again, and almost making come true because you repeat them and you manifest them uh, in the way that you um, put it out to the universe. And I think for me it's really, really important that you find yourself interrupting. You you know what it's like, we get in our own way. And I think so many of our students get in their own way. Like they get in their own way. They allow themselves all of these like really poor excuses and reasons they can't achieve something rather than actually focusing on solution. So I think probably um, tackling negative mindsets, trying to interrupt negative sort of talk and negative flow and to try and... I don't find it difficult, probably more... It's a nice challenge. Like that's probably the biggest challenge is, is continuing to, and, and probably topping up your own optimism in that and looking after your own care, mental health, whatever you want to call it. I think when you're working with a lot of people that have those limited beliefs, cause you'll hear them so often that you have to sort of almost interrupt them when you find yourself going down that route too.
1: Yeah. It's like an immediate pattern interrupt to change that trajectory of that pattern. And so, in I can see it, that's how it works with the dog training I mean, I'm not a dog training expert. I'm watching my partner, Laura, do this, and I'm watching you and all all the videos that you have out there that it is like a pattern interrupt in that behavior so that you can have the result that you want.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just having those strategies um, with people, as soon as you give people an easy win they're on board. And I think as soon as you onboard people, then you'll get more easy wins. And as soon as they get more easy wins, they'll feel better. And suddenly you're on this pathway to success. And for us, that has been... The funny thing is, um, Lindsay, I really didn't realize that when we started this, that what I'd actually be doing is really coaching people. I really didn't clock that. I thought I was living my best life playing with dogs. And actually, I'm living my best life playing with dogs and working with their people. And if I can onboard people, I've had so many thousands of messages emails cards flowers gifts presents like things and i'm not requesting presents i mean literally (laughs) it's insane it's actually insane for people who say we have changed their lives we have um here we have a holiday cottage center where people come and and they come and stay and i had a lady two or three weeks ago that just said that she didn't see any hope in her life she didn't see any forward in her life she didn't see any good in her life um, she was staying here. She was staying up in um, a very, very beautiful spot. It's it's looking over the tours. It's on, on the moor. It's just beautiful. It's just up the road. And she just said it was almost healing to be part of this very special energy. And on top of the very special energy in the middle of the moorland, looking out onto the tours, like she just said, it changed her whole trajectory. And she said, she hasn't looked back and she's just doing this. And I, I think there will always be a level of this. I think that life gives you a level of this. And I think if it was like this, then we would be dead, right? Like that's like flatlining. Like you don't want to do that. You want to do, you want to have those ups and downs because. Yeah.
1: So just the, so the listeners know that you're doing the up and down with the hand and <laughs> it's radio.
2: And, <laughs> um, but for me, those, those moments of like that their, their pulse, right? Like they're the yeah. highs and lows of, of life and. My dad said something great to me. Um, My dads he's terminal with cancer. And he said to me, the the thing is with life, Lauren, is is that all of the good bits, enjoy them. They don't last. And at the same time, all of the bad bits ride through them. Remember, they don't last. Mm. And he kind of said, whatever it is, enjoy those moments. Because whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's not going to stay the same. It's changeable. And he definitely wasn't saying it in a pessimistic way. And he's actually very optimistic about where he is. He's he's three years on after a diagnosis of terminal and being told he had three months. He's doing pretty well. At the same time, it is still terminal. And, And to hear that from someone in his position where he's like, you know what, enjoy the highs. They're amazing. And remember, it will change. Right. And at the same time, when the lows are there, remember, it's going to change and it's going to get better. So actually remember to ride it and and to sort of take it in at each level and, and at each moment. And I think that that for me was really like poignant moment to like sit and chat with him about it. I was currently moaning about the the house at the time. We had had a builder struggle and I'm sure everyone's had a builder struggle. Like that was a fun experience, I can tell you. Um, and so I was just saying, look, Dad, this is this and that is that. And he was just like, Lauren, you know what? This moment will pass this too shall pass. And I think this too shall pass like feeling of like this moment for me is really beautiful. Everything here is so beautiful. There's so much good in my life and I have to take it all in because it will also pass, right? Like there will be a rainy day or there will be a a difficult day or there will be a day that throws you some challenges, you know, what? enjoy all of the moments.
1: Yeah. It's just such beautiful advice. And, you know, you've definitely had your challenges. uh, And so How do you actually move through those obstacles like when you when you're hit with them? Because you've had a lot of them, you know, with, you know, particularly with some dogs and, you know, because you're so attached to your dogs. And how do you meet those challenges when they do occur?
2: I had a really difficult COVID, to be honest, Um, COVID into the next probably year or two. So my um, and for those of you that have a dog, you'll understand the love of a dog. And for those of you that don't have a dog, you know what, you'll understand love. So when you love someone or something, you just want the best for them and you just want them to thrive and you just want them to be comfy and you don't want to see them in pain. And you know what? For me, seeing um, my dog was she had an accident. She was sprinting and she was paralyzed. And that for me, hurt at the very like core of like her like it it was painful and I couldn't even discuss it I couldn't talk about it I just had to pretend it hadn't happened because I didn't know how to deal with it for me that was definite trauma I haven't experienced much trauma in my life twice I've had two things that are traumatic and that was one of them and um that that just plain hurt like I didn't know how to deal with it I couldn't speak about it I was not like and she she was alive and she is alive but it's a very different pathway having a dog that's effectively disabled and paralyzed and, and has a lot of care needs. That's difficult. And and making ethical decisions is also difficult. And I don't feel always qualified to do that. Right. Like, do you keep her in her current state or do you, it's, I think that's hard. Second one was my dog was diagnosed with cancer, her sister. So I had two sisters, one paralyzed and one diagnosed with cancer, given a very short sort of difficult prognosis. My dad then diagnosed with cancer and then terminal. And then my nan passed away and I was with her Um, and I was with her and as she was taking her final breaths. And for me, those four things, they just hit and hit and hit and hit. And I think it's one of those things alone was difficult. And when you're stacked with a few of them, suddenly you realize uh, how people's perception changes and you realize like, yes, it's great to be optimistic when life is good. Like it's easy to be optimistic, right? When life is good. And when you're thrown those things, you suddenly like it can wobble you or it can take you to a different place. And I think for me, there were a few hacks, tips, tricks, things that I did to try and keep me in a sane place. And don't get me wrong, that didn't mean that I didn't wobble or I didn't find myself crying or like um, just difficult places, really difficult spaces and feeling a bit dark. Like there are definitely those times um, questioning even things like life, which I'd never really questioned before or um, death, which I would definitely never questioned before. And And suddenly I was questioning all these things that were not there before for me. Um, But the things that kept me happy and the things that kept me sane and the things that kept me in a great space, probably getting outside, being out in nature, not staying still, so moving, so like doing something movement-based, going for a walk, doing some exercise, um, taking a moment to do a yoga class or um, a Pilates class or even if it was online, like even if it was an online sort of space um, and, a, a, and a class that wasn't even live, like just doing something that got me moving. That was that was huge. Um, changing my language about it. So being aware of what I'm speaking about and who I'm speaking about it to, because you can find yourself being very problem based. And you can find yourself rolling and discussing the problem over and over and over again and and being with people who want to discuss the problem and who want to go down that route of the problem. Um, And so for me, I had to interrupt the problem talk and find myself in a better language space. So finding better ways to discuss things. So rather than a problem, a challenge or rather than um, stressed, stretched. So like replacing words in a really simple, simple way and trying to find a fun way to say um, something was really difficult. Um, And so language being very very powerful and then definitely 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 um, trying to be around people that made me joyful
1: people that bring out yeah. the, the good in me and so what I hear you saying is that you're not you know bypassing the emotions that are coming up or bypassing the experience but you're choosing to still be in the experience but not to amplify the the pain of it or you know sometimes we get caught up in what we call in uh, my the circles that I run in, like the trauma bonding, we just stay down there in that rapid hole and we just uncover all this stuff over and over and keep regurgitating it instead of seeing, okay, yes, I'm feeling all of these things. And this is an important experience of this life, but how can I shift my perspective just enough so that I can see, you know, the opportunity that's here, that it's not Absolutely. some, yeah. And so I Absolutely. love that. Yeah.
2: finding the opportunity in it for Brave, for example, I've coached lots of other people. Brave is, is my dog who was paralyzed. I found lots of understanding of of people who are in a similar position. Um, I've been able to help people with dogs who are also um, uh, struggling in in the same way. I understand a lot about rehabilitation. I understand a lot. And and I feel a lot more empathetic uh, to situations like that, which I wouldn't have had before. Like, I just wouldn't have had that same. When you're in it, it's so different. Um, The same with my dad. I mean, the, the other thing, the massive opportunity that came out of my dad and understanding, like, his diagnosis was live each moment even more like how can I find even more joy in every day how can I find even more joy in this car journey like I was I was talking to my coach I've got a coach who coaches me sports so sports coaching top end sports coaching and um I was like I, I went to a big competition at the weekend and I didn't do what I wanted to do there I I had a fault and I wanted to go clear and we were 22 hours on the road and I could easily have taken myself in this very downward spiral of like what a waste of time and what a waste of money and like how bad I was, or like how I didn't do what I needed to do. And and ultimately I tried and I was present and I was there. And and he said, Well, what good do you see in those moments? And I was like, I love spending my time with my partner. Like Matt is such a cool guy, and I love spending time with him. And we have loads of fun on the road trip. And and actually, what joy do you find in those moments? And what good came out of that? Because ultimately it is all about the journey anyway. It's not really about when you win that class, it's about the journey to winning those things and and all of those experiences in it. So I think yeah what opportunities do you find in it and and for my dad the biggest one was understanding health a bit more i i I have regular blood tests i i don't drink um tap water anymore um i drink only water from like we have a borehole here and if i'm away i'll only drink bottled water and i know that might sound crazy for some but for me that was like some of the big takeaway like i'm not drinking stuff that i don't know where it's come from or what it's got in it um i don't really use chemicals and toxins and poisons like i used to in the sense of like things around your house And I'm a lot more awake to what I want to use on my skin or what I want to use in my environment and and what I want to do to the environment. So all of these things I've woken up to, and yet I wouldn't have been awake to them. Blood testing, I do regular blood tests to see where my own health is and what I'm doing. What I eat, I consider way more what I eat and how it's produced and where it's come from. And that was a wake up from um, my dad's cancer. And so I feel grateful for the opportunity to understand things that or at least explore things that I would never have questioned before.
1: Yeah. And just remain curious. And, you know, in the work that I do, it's, you know, oftentimes we, everyone's like trying to reach for these bigger states of enlightenment, but but it's really about those small moments that we wake up and we have to have things, challenges or difficulties, or maybe a kick in the ass that gets us t- to wake up because most of the time we are sleepwalking through our lives. And so these little challenges can be just like a, the universe's way of nudging us just to wake up a little bit more and a little bit more so that we can start to really experience more of the joy and even the joy that is in the difficulty. So um, we are up to our second and last break of the show. So we do have to go to a short break. But as I mentioned before, you know, women rise and thrive together. And this show is really about the mission of bringing a global platform for women to share their gifts and their voices and their messages so that we can all benefit from that and learn how that we can start to awaken our divine feminine power so that we can be the leaders of this next generation that's coming in so if you want to be a sponsor of the show please reach out to me at thriving at gmail.com and we'll be right back after this short break
2: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the backburners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to slash goddess to sign up today.
2: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay.
1: Welcome back everyone to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We're here with Lauren Langman and we're talking about how optimism and positive mindset can be a real reframe for the way that we live our lives. And so Lauren, uh, As I mentioned before the break, my partner, Laura, is just an avid fan. And so she wanted me to ask you this one question. So um, she said, wants to know that what has been the most challenging thing that you have had to train a dog?
2: I think a beagle in Bermuda. And it was a recall, which does not sound like a difficult thing. However, for this dog, it was probably my most challenging experience The dog had probably spent about two years running free, chasing rabbits and doing what the dog enjoyed. And effectively, what you're doing is you're taking a self-employed dog or an unemployed dog, self-employed, unemployed, depended on how you looked at this dog, and you're trying to employ him in your games. And that's really, really tough when he's found a game that he really, really enjoys and it's like trying to take me out of my dog training and put me in an office, right? Like he was just like, this is not where I'm going right now. And you would, you could see that you were taking him to work and he was like, I'm not ready to work. And, and he was, so I suppose it's not a challenging behavior but it was a challenging behavior for him and his experience. And I was out in Bermuda teaching. I've been really lucky in my career. I have um, taught in Bermuda, Canada, um, literally America, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia. I've had an amazing teaching career. And and I didn't really realize when I first got into this that, the, that I would be in all of these fun places, like a really, really cool places uh, to be, especially when it's raining in the UK. I'm like, get me out of here um, so I can hop on a plane and train a dog in Bermuda, which is really cool, isn't it, that you can, you can go to another country yeah. and Train another dog in a place you've never been, and did you know Bermuda is like one mile wide? It's insane. It's a really, really, really tiny place, and yet huge still in its own way. Like, anyway, this little beagle, he was difficult, and the reason he was difficult is how he would spent his last, um, his his whole history, really, his whole his whole life, and they have in, um, we don't really have that so much here. But in Bermuda, they, they explained to me they have a freedom fence. And I was like, oh, wow, a freedom fence. That sounds amazing. Like, that sounds really cool. Like, I love the sound of a freedom fence. What I didn't realize was a freedom fence is an electric fence, which we just don't have here. Like, electric collars are banned in the UK. Um, that type of training isn't really advocated. And it's very, it's very different here in the UK to some other parts of the world. So for me, I was... I was sad for the dog, really, because I don't think we need to use electric fences to keep dogs in. I think there are better ways. Like my dogs don't want to leave me. Like they want to hang out because I'm fun and I play games and I try and do things in a fun way. Uh, But for for this little dog, he'd been taught through aversives or punishments um, or punishment methods. And so working with the owner wasn't that fun. And running with the rabbits was very fun and he didn't have a great relationship with his owner so what we did first off was we topped up his relationship bank account which is basically getting him and the owner to speak at the same uh, on the same page really and and have the same language and then in addition to that uh we tried to make it really fun for the owner an example of this was i went into school not that long ago with um where eliza was um eliza my daughter was learning and and tom and i were there and and they were saying the children are all stressed because they've got a test and tom was like you know what surely they're just excited because they've got like a, a game to play and they were like no they're stressed because it's a test and we're like no no maybe they're just having lots of fun because they're going to have a cool challenge today and i think sometimes it's how you package something i think if you package it as a stressful test then of course it's going to be stressful because what we say something is is, is it's going to become that and so for the owner of this beagle we package everything as games we made it a lot of fun we made sure there were some easy wins What made it hard was a dog had had a long time rehearsing it. So that was tough. When I think about, though, on the flip side for Laura, in case she means what was a difficult thing to teach a dog, um, I have taught a dog to skip a skipping rope. That is a difficult skill. (laughs) I want to see that one. (laughs) I've been working on it with Eliza. Eliza, who is obviously little and wants the challenges of, of skipping and a skipping rope. So that is what she's doing. It's a lot of fun. She's got a lot of tricks. Eliza loves training tricks. Um, and Eliza's got a great little dog uh, that her and um, her little dog, her dog's called Avocado. Uh, so her and Avocado or Katie, um, Katie play play lots of different tricks. But skipping ropes is probably one of the harder ones. Um, holding a paw in her face listening to Eliza when, and she whispers in Eliza's ear, Eliza's got some cool tricks. So I'd say probably some of Eliza's things are, are probably the hardest. She's she's a child and she wants to do
1: fun, crazy things, right? So, so yeah, probably her thing. So yeah, both answers there for you. And I hope everyone that's listening is kind of putting this together for their own lives, that when we just can reframe things and make things more fun, like how can we include something that, you know, a game or something, or how can we make our work more fun? How can we reframe what how we're perceiving the the challenges that we have, so that there is more lightness and joy that comes in, so that we're resonating at the frequency that will bring in more of what we actually want in our lives instead of more of the the drudgery or the challenges or the pain or the suffering. And so, how can we just make it fun and not use these adversive t- tactics? Like, so often people will be like beat themselves up. Oh, and and have that negative speak as a way of motivating themselves, which is really not motivating you. And so you use the positive reinforcement, the gains-based training, so that it becomes fun. The animals want to spend time with you because you are fun. And it can you can do that for yourself and for your work.
2: It, it changes your life. Like it's it's revolutionary in a sense that but I mean, we, we, are, we have taken the dog training world by storm, like beyond what I ever expected to do. I was just playing with dogs. Like this was not ever what my vision for this was. Like I didn't even, I am so not techie, like for a start, I'm not techie. And yet we've got a massive online dog training business, right? And I'm not techie. Like I couldn't tell you how to log in or anything. Like I'm just not the techie person. And yeah, I think what's what's taking the world by storm is, is having fun being lighthearted, laughing at yourself, losing yourself a little bit, losing your inhibitions, taking yourself back to being a child. Like all of the things I really enjoyed when I was being a child, I get to do now. I get to play with animals. I get to have a lot of fun. I've rolled around on the grass. I literally have a great day and, and I'm quite a serious person. And so, I take myself a bit too seriously sometimes. So all of these things are great because they allow you, your inner child to just come back out again. And, and for me, when I, am playing games with owners you see their faces light up and you see their worries go away you can see for that minute they lose themselves and I think this is where it's really important and when you're saying about language I think this is really cool Lindsay because our team recently we have like lists of things to do or we have like um you know when you get a a task what do we call it we call it like a workload and I was like we're not calling this a workload like that just sounds like pack horse or like (laughs) Like it just sounds terrible, right? Like it doesn't sound good. This is my workload for the week. Here's my capacity for the week. I'm like, uh-uh, don't like it. These are my get-to-do's. Like, like let's yeah. think of something that um this is the master plan. Or like let's think of something empowering, something that's gonna like uplift us, not something that's gonna make us feel like workload. I'm like, that's just before I, sad. I even get into it. I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to know about a workload.
1: I I'm always trying to find a new word for work. I'm like, Oh, that's a four letter word. And I love I, the get to do's. Yeah. And yeah. in, in, so I'm always trying to find something new that feels lighter so that my work feels lighter because there are, you know, there are times, there are certain things that you have to do that suck that are not as fun as rolling around the grass and playing with the chickens, you know, but, but I make sure that I like for me personally, like, What I have to do every day is start my day with my practices. And part of my practice now is to make sure that my feet are on the ground. I'm putting my hands on the trees. I'm going out in nature to connect to that before I come and sit at my desk. I love that. that, So that there is that connection there and that groundedness. So that when I come to my desk, then I feel like, oh, I get to do this now. Because I started my day with what nourishes me. And I love when you said that, you know, people... um, how they lose themselves. But sometimes I want to, I, I would like to reframe that and, this how, and say that that's when they find themselves.
2: Yeah. And that's when sure. you
1: find yourself in that moment. And um, so, you know, and we live in such a pessimistic culture, such a pessimistic culture. I, they, here's an
2: example. No news. I don't want to listen to the news. I don't have the radio on. I don't have the news on. Like I'm not listening to the, the to the news, Lindsay. Like yeah, the, the, I persi- if I go into my mom and dad's house and the news is on, I'm like, how do I stop this? Like, how do I stop this like negative pattern of someone's died, someone's about to be killed, there's a war on, there's money owed here, there's debt over there, there's poverty here. And I get, I want to help, right? And I want to help in my way, but I definitely don't want to take myself to that place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, everything that you've said so far is about how you just followed your heart, how you really just listened to that. You've moved against convention. You decided to follow what lights you up and do what is fun and follow that that joy. And even if it didn't make sense to your parents, even if it didn't make sense to what the cultural norm was, even if it might not have made sense in your mind at the time, and you were able to build this life that you absolutely love and has taken you to places that you never even dreamed of, that there was almost like a guiding force that was carrying you to these bigger Uh, I want to say more expanded states and yet I know just listening more about your story that there's probably something else that might be percolating there so is there something else that hasn't been realized that
2: I love I love I I just have to really quickly touch on I, I don't think it was even that the path was not like encouraged my parents were horrified like horrified that I was leaving the law. Like they were so embarrassed. They were so, it was bad enough. I was going to be a teacher, let alone a dog trainer. They were like, she wants to be a dog trainer. Like we've invested everything we have in this child and she wants to be a dog trainer. We are disgusted. We are, they couldn't even talk to me. Like they wanted to disown me. Um, Anyway. uh, Yeah. I, you know what? There are definitely moments where, you know, there's more, right? You know, there's more, you you, I definitely enjoy I enjoy working with people. I enjoy coaching. I enjoy finding helping people find their passion. I enjoy encouraging, cheerleading and allowing people to to see I suppose to see light when when they haven't had such a great time of it. And and I enjoy helping and facilitating and empowering like new businesses and there are so many things I love to do and Absolutely love our dog training. And I definitely feel I'm in a place where we've achieved so much. I will look for the next levels. I, I, I definitely haven't yet found exactly where I'm going. I, I definitely want to, at some point, I will live in more sunshine. I don't know when I will live in more sunshine. But but yeah, there, there are definitely coaching aspirations there for me. I think that is what I, I also really, really enjoy.
1: And so we are nearing the end of the show. So I want to make sure that everyone listening knows how to connect with you. So because there's so many ways. So what is the one place that is the best way to connect with you? Because you're on I, YouTube. You're on like I, all the yeah. you're, you're, you're everywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would say the Absolute Dogs Facebook page. Um, there's loads and loads of material there. So people can have a look at it. And there's lots of freebies and, and they can they can take from there or you can take from there whatever you want. Uh, Sexiness Girl podcast uh, on Spotify, um, and that is a fantastic place to to check in the learning really and, and hear what we do. And there's actually quite a few um, people learning podcasts on there. I do them with a couple of friends of mine, and and we try and coach people. Um, and I really do love that. That's probably an area I'd love to to move more towards what what we're talking about. Like, there's a lot of joy there, and I didn't even realize it until I kind of talked more about it. And and there is a lot of joy there. And then, um, so yeah, the, the Facebook page, um, the, um, absolute dogs, uh, main Facebook page, sex in a squirrel podcast on Spotify. Uh, we've got a Devon dogs website as well for our in-person training. So that's devondogs.co.uk. So many different spaces and, uh, literally reach out, reach out. We're here. And if we can help in any way, we'd love to. Oh,
1: thank you so much for being on the show and definitely reach out, um, and pay attention. Even if you're not, uh, a dog lover or a dog person, because there's so many rich, rich um, insights that you share on those uh, all all the sites. Because I listen to them as well, and I'm like, wow, this is incredible material. And um, so, thank you so much again, and thank you all for listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically. And definitely reach out. We're a growing community and you can reach me at thrivingunapologetically at com. I'm very accessible and I love to build community and support each and every one of you as you rise and thrive together. So much love and many blessings until next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.